everybody. Paul James Caden here with the Spirit Side, Journey Towards the Light. This week on the show, we're going to do a little bit of a paranormal talk, and we're going to talk about shadow people, the hat man, and the djinn. I was uh, inspired to talk about this subject because I was watching one of those uh, paranormal investigation shows this past week. And there was uh, a team that went into someone's house that was having some disturbances. And uh, the sensitive, you know, went in the the psychic, I guess some people call them. And uh, she said she was picking up, you know, walking through the house, getting a feel of, you know, the energy, you know, what was there, what, what may have happened in the house in the past. And she said that what she was picking up on was that there were shadow people in the house and she was terrified because she said when she was a kid she had um i'm just going to adjust the camera a little bit bear with me here uh she was saying that she had an encounter with shadow people in her room and they convinced her that they were good, that they were her friends, and uh, that she could go with them if she would bite into the electrical cord of her lamp next to her bed. And she was a little kid. She, you know, believed that she said she bit into the electrical cord, uh, got electrocuted, almost died. So she was, you know, petrified of these, uh, you know, shadow people. And, you know, you, you hear a lot uh, of stories about shadow people, the hat man. A lot of people are, are petrified uh, by these things. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit about what they might be. In paranormal circles, most people are unsure what they are. They want to say there's some kind of demon some people hypothesize that they're uh, some form of extraterrestrial, and this is where they often uh, wear the hats or you know the the uh, the shroud over their head to, to hide you know some deformity that shows that they're they're not human, they're not of the human species. And then there's a smaller pocket in the paranormal community, but I think it's growing where people um, equate shadow people and hat man with the jinn. And I've, I've drawn my own comparisons between shadow people and the jinn. And I personally think they're onto something there. You know, things that the shadow people and the jinn have in common is number one, it's said uh, in ancient uh, uh, Islamic times and even in ancient Egypt that the jinn were responsible for sleep paralysis and night terrors. When someone woke up, they couldn't move, they were paralyzed, uh, they had that feeling of, of a presence uh, just standing over them. Sometimes they saw the, the shadowy, smoky figure just 
standing in the corner of the room looking at them. Sometimes it would come close and, you know, bend over right into their face, you know, and just look at them like it was smothering them so close to their face they couldn't breathe. Uh, and, and these are things that the jinn were said to do and also uh, the shadow people and the hat man. Another thing they have in common is the terrorizing of children uh, showing up in the room with young people at night, terrorizing the kids uh, for what, what reason uh, no one really knows. Uh, shadow people and the jinn know no age, but they have been known in ancient Islamic times uh, to terrorize children in the night. And this is certainly something that the shadow people do. Another thing they have in common, um, al although the stories aren't as prevalent or numerous as, you know, the other ones waking up, not being able to move. And sometimes these things taunt them, you know, you're going to die. Do you know who I am? You know, this type of thing. Uh, but but there's another smaller instance of uh, shadow people in the hat man S trying to steal the breath or the soul away from the sleeping person. In other words, kill them, take their breath, their their, their life. And this is also something that is said uh, on occasion that the jinn would do suffocate the person, take their breath or their soul while the person is, is sleeping. So there is another thing jinn and shadow people have in common. Uh, another uh, interesting one is that jinn are said to be made of a smokeless fire. And many people that have claimed to have seen them in the modern day and olden day uh, describe them as a black smoke. Um, it's like the black smoke when you see like a house on fire or something burning and there's that thick, black, toxic uh, looking smoke that's rising up into the air. Uh, it's black like that smoke, even darker than that smoke, but it's in the form of a being or a humanoid. And people say that if, if you look at the jinn, and people also say, if you look at the shadow people, they'll often see that shimmer, like a smoke coming off of them, like an aura of smoke. So they certainly have that in common in description as well, sometimes showing up uh, the shadow people and the jinn as uh, a pillar of smoke, um, like a snake slithering across the floor or up the wall, then down the wall, then it takes the form of a humanoid. This is something the jinn have been said to do. Uh, this is something that the shadow people have been said to do. So again, uh, something they, they certainly do have in common. Another big one for me in the comparisons that I've drawn is the difficulty in getting rid of these things. The jinn are said to be extremely difficult to get rid of. 
if you're having a gin problem, you know, in your home or in your life, uh, they say it's hard, if not impossible, to get rid of them. Nobody really knows how to deal with the gin. And it's the same for the shadow people. Nobody really knows what they are. Nobody really knows exactly how to deal with them and get rid of them. Uh, sometimes they're successful with the religious rites, other times not, whether that be Christian or Islamic or other. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the people, uh, you know, people will just leave the location where they're being harassed by jinn or shadow people. And sometimes moving location helps, other times it doesn't. It, it follows them and these night terrors continue. Uh, the shadow people and the jinn also have in common. Uh, the, they're very, they're malevolent, they're evil, they're vindictive on a whole different level. Their presence, the way they act, the way they interact with people when they do interact the way you feel when you're in their presence. Um, the experience itself of jinn and shadow people being paralyzed, unable to move. Uh, someone or something is hovering over you right in your face and just going down your body. And you, know, you feel those eyes penetrating like they're looking right in at your soul. and It's terrifying. You can't move. Uh, sometimes it's said that the jinn would take people to the land of the jinn. Sometimes they would return them, other times not. Uh, so the experience of a jinn encounter and an encounter with shadow people can be anywhere between a haunting, demonic oppression, and an alien abduction. It's, it's absolutely uh, horrifying. So the, these are the common denominators that I've lined up uh, with, with between these two beings and why I'm more convinced that shadow people are what uh, many call the jinn. But now what are the jinn? You know, here in the Western world, I think we're really ill-equipped to deal with these things because we don't believe in them or we don't know about them. We say, well, that's an Islamic thing. Or you'll hear people say, well, a jinn, isn't that a genie? Uh, wasn't Aladdin's genie a jinn, you know, in the lamp, a male genie? Um, that's kind of a fairy tale version of a jinn. Um, that's not really what they are. You know, they're spirits. They're made of uh, smokeless fire. They're shapeshifters. And it's said that the jinn are just like us. There are some that are good to help humanity, and there are those who don't. But what exactly are the jinn? Now, this is interesting. Because in the Islamic uh, tradition, it's said before man inhabited the earth, the jinn were here. And they had uh, a thriving, you know, empire across the earth. And you hear, you know, these lost civilizations, ancient civilizations, Atlantis, Lumeria, you know, all these uh, different ancient 
cities that were built by men or beings that were like gods. And uh, this would kind of be, according to Islamic tradition, the kingdom of the jinn. The problem with the jinn was is that over time they became evil, they waged war on one another, they became corrupted, many of them, and God finally stepped in and said, enough, your kingdom is evil, it's corrupted, it's, you know, full of, you know, sin, Um, I'm removing you from the earth, and he did, and then eventually he created man and gave the earth to man. So long story short, the jinn, the bad ones, hate human beings because they view us as just being mere mud we're made out of mud and you know the earth and 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 water uh they're made of smokeless fire they are superior to us and uh they're kind of pissed off that we have the earth now they want it back and this is why some of them terrorize human beings now the interesting thing about this is that in the Christian tradition, uh, in in some sects, it is believed that before man uh, was created and inhabited the earth, that the fallen angels had set up their kingdom here on the earth, uh, and this happened, you know, millions and millions or trillions and well billions, you know, of years ago when the fall took place and it, when it talks about uh, in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, the earth was without form and void. And uh, it was without form and void because it had been so corrupted or that God actually brought, brought about uh, a cataclysmic event on the earth to end this kingdom of the fallen angels that was so evil and, and, and depraved. Uh, so in Christian and Islamic traditions as well as other traditions uh, around the world have these theories, myths, and belief beliefs that there was someone or something here before man was created and inherited and inhabited the earth, and that maybe some of them are still around, and they're not so happy about that. They're not happy uh, about God's plan and what he did. Uh, and this is what is taught in the uh, the Islamic tradition. So could it be the jinn, the shadow people, uh, the evil spirits, fallen angels, uh, you know, whatever we, we might want to call them, have a vendetta against mankind because this world was once theirs. And they're trying to corrupt and bring the downfall of man so that perhaps they could take the earth back. You know, these are all questions for uh, religion and theology, and I don't think anybody would really have the answer. But uh, it's interesting stories and thoughts about where some of these things may have come from and why they just terrorize human beings. Why... Just randomly do shadow people, you know, show up in someone's room at night out of nowhere. Just there they are. And the torment just never ends. Uh, Why does it happen that way with with the jinn? Uh, Everything is fine, then suddenly there they are. Or even what we call the demonic beings. Everything is fine, then suddenly, uh, you know, 
people are just under spiritual attack. It's like these things make it their business to disrupt and scare and terrify and oppress and in some cases even uh, take the life of their victims and the person or persons they're uh, terrorizing and oppressing. So why do we have such a hard time getting rid of these things? I have a theory about this too. Now, again, this is only my opinion, my research, and even an experience I'm going to tell you about at the end of the show as to why that might be. Why do we sometimes have such a hard time getting rid of shadow people, the jinn, or in some cases, even demonic spirits? You know, no matter what we do, our religious rights, they, they just don't work. I believe this is because sometimes in the paranormal world, the supernatural world, when we're dealing something that we don't quite understand, and we come marching in with our rites and our rituals, even though they're powerful, you know, Christian rites of exorcism and Christian rites of exorcism in the Catholic Church, Islamic rites of exorcism to get rid of jinn are, are based in certain traditions. They're very powerful. Most times they work. Sometimes they don't. And I believe they don't when we're dealing with something we don't fully understand. And we're coming in with our rites and our rituals and they just don't respect that. It has no power over them. And I think it's because we're putting more, more faith in the right and the ritual than in the divine being or in the name of, you know, being a Christian spiritualist, uh, you know, putting more faith in the, the right and the ritual rather than faith and confidence in the name of Christ. And I believe that's why it's difficult to get rid of these things many times because, and I, and I draw this conclusion because if you look at Catholic exorcism and it's powerful, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's bad, you know, it's, it's certainly a, a good uh, ceremony and a rite that works most of the time, but even Catholic exorcists will tell you it could take weeks, months, or years to get rid of a demon. And sometimes the person will die with that negative, dark, evil spirit within them or oppressing them. They'll never get rid of it. Uh, same thing with uh, uh, Islamic clergy exercising the jinn. Many times they're successful. Other times it could take days, weeks, months, years, and sometimes they're not successful at all and the person will uh, just die with, you know, this thing oppressing them, sucking the life out of them. But then what's interesting when you look at the, uh, looking at the Christian rites of exorcism, if you look at the Protestant rites of exorcism, most of which are uh, quoting the scriptures, uh, they'll use holy water crucifix and really casting out this being out in the name 
uh, of Christ. And most of the time, it doesn't take them days, weeks, months, years, if ever. Most times it's a very short period of time where they're successful in dislodging these entities and getting rid of them. Why? I believe because Protestant denominations, at least most of them, put more of their faith and confidence in the Creator, in Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, rather than faith in the right or the church or the denomination. And I think that's the big, the big reason why uh, sometimes they're more successful than even the, the Catholics who've been doing this longer than they have. And I feel it's the same way with the, uh, the Islamic rites of exorcism. You know, there, there's some very good ones out there, and then there's some very superstitious imams who will come in if you have a jinn problem or shadow people, and they're going to tell you, you know, a lot of superstition before you go to the bathroom, before you step into your bathroom, say this prayer. Before you leave the, before you leave the bathroom, say this prayer. And you have to do that because jinn live in the bathroom. All of us have jinn in their bath and our bathrooms, according to them, because jinn live around filth where there's human excrement and waste and sewer pipes connected to the toilet. So they, they live there. So say this prayer before you enter. Say this prayer before you leave. Say this prayer before you go outside. Pray this prayer before you go back inside your house. Pray this prayer before bed. Pray this prayer when you get up in the morning. Don't do this. Don't do that. Do this, 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 and this. Don't eat this food. Don't drink. You know, there's all kinds of just material, religious, may I say even superstitious things piled upon the person that, you know, no, no normal functioning human being can possibly do all that in a day, let alone for weeks, months, or years, or the rest of their lives. And I think this is why uh, there are times they are not successful because, you know, and again, this is just my opinion. Uh, I think some of that can get kind of nonsensical and uh, you're not addressing the problem. Uh, you're trying to take this very long roundabout way um to steep the person in some kind of religious rites and rituals and ways of being and doing that may or may not actually affect the situation at all. And in a lot of cases, it doesn't. So that's why I feel that these things are extremely hard to get rid of. Because when you hear of uh, jinn problems or jinn infestation, as, as they'll call it in Islam or in some paranormal circles or, uh, you know, problems with shadow people and the hat man. What's the first thing they do? They call in the clergy. The clergy comes in. Generally what they do is they'll just do a house blessing. Uh, you know, they'll come in, they'll bless the rooms of the house, bless this family, oh Lord, you know, da, 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 da. That's not really going to work. You know, um, you can't tiptoe around, you know, the bush with these things. Um, and then sometimes the clergy will come back with some of the rights and, you know, they're, whatever they're going to do. 
And it's the ritual, not the faith in the one the ritual is built around. And I think that's where it fails or takes a really long time to get rid of. Now, if I may share a personal story um, that I think also in, in my personal experience backs up what I'm saying, backs up my theories, solidifies my theories and my thinking, at least for me. And this is probably seven, eight years ago. Just out of nowhere, I started experiencing uh, sleep paralysis. I would wake up. I couldn't move. I did. I never saw anything, but I would feel this oppressive presence, like there were eyeballs. You know, like they say in the the shadow people in the the gin encounters, like something was just right on top of me, just looking right through me at my soul. One time I fell asleep with my arm extended over the bed and I woke up, I couldn't move. And I felt like these eyes piercing through my arm and slowly coming up my arm toward my face until it was like right there in my face. Like I could feel someone that was like suffocating someone in my face, just looking at me. And this would happen sometimes once, twice a week. Then a couple of weeks would go by with nothing. Then it would happen again. Uh, I I'd be sleeping uh, now, my wife and I, as much people, when you get into your mid-50s, start sleeping in opposite rooms because everybody snores and keeps everybody awake at night. So I put uh, an extra bed in my little office area, and I sleep there. She has the main bedroom so we don't kill each other at night. Uh, you know, she stays up quite late at night reading, looking at her phone, watching TV, and, you know, I just can't stand that kind of flickering light. So, you know... As older people getting set on our ways, we just said, hey, I got an idea. I'll sleep in here. Uh, so, you know, that being said, um, I'd be sleeping in the bed and sometimes, you know, I would open my eyes. I'd be awake, but I couldn't move. And the head of the bed was against the wall and the door was like right here next to the head of the bed. And I would hear the door open. And I would feel someone there just looking down at me. And I'm trying to look up to see who it is. I'm trying to see if it's my wife, but I can't move. And I'd ask her the next morning, did you open the door and look in on me last night? You're standing there just like looking at me for like two, three minutes, like in a real creepy way. And she was like, no, I didn't look in there. But this happened a few times. Another time I had fallen asleep in... Uh, the reclining chair in my office and I woke up, I was awake, but my eyes were closed and I couldn't open them and I couldn't move my body. I couldn't see, I couldn't move, but I could hear. And I heard the sound like someone was standing up, getting up off of the bed across the room. You heard the mattress and the box mattress springs, you know, kind of making that creaking noise where someone's getting up off the bed and the pressure is relieved off the springs. And I'm trying to open my eyes, you know, who's, who's getting up off the bed? What is that? But I can't move. And then I hear these like footsteps shuffling toward me coming across the room from the bed, just getting closer and closer. And there's this sound that sounds like one of the zombies from the walking dead is this, shuffling is coming toward me as you're just 
and I'm trying to open my eyes. I can't do it. Finally, you know, I, I break through my eyes open. I can move nothing there. Um, I don't know why I put up with this, uh, for so long and, and just kind of let it ride. I didn't try to do anything about it until we moved and we moved, uh, two and a half, three hours away. You know, we live in a different County now and nothing happened for a long time. But then one night I woke up and I couldn't move. And here's this presence. Like it's just looking down at me it's right in my face. I brush it off. Ah, it was probably nothing, you know, but then it happens again one night. And here's what's different. Here's what backs up my theory. It was the same thing. I'm asleep. My arm is extended over the bed. I wake up. I feel the eyes like they're looking right at my hand. I'm slowly moving up my arm, coming toward my face. And if my, you know, first I'm thinking, oh my gosh, here we go again. It, it is a terrifying feeling. Just that presence feels so oppressive, so evil, like nothing I ever experienced before. Definitely. But the difference was this time is I'm experiencing, experiencing this. I say in my mind, I've had enough of this. And if something followed me from the old house, whatever it is, shadow man, gin, whatever, the buck stops here. And I said forcefully with faith, not fear in my mind. I said, Archangel Michael, Jesus, remove this evil from me now. Remove this evil from my room, from my house. Remove it from me that it never comes back. I, I deny and refuse this thing entrance into my life, in my house, in the name of Jesus Christ. And immediately, as soon as I said that prayer, it stopped. It was done. The presence was gone. I could move. And I've never experienced, you know, anything like that since. So what was the difference? I didn't pray, oh, God, please help me, you know, make this stop, save me, help me. You know, that's generally the kind of prayer that people pray when we're, you know, in trouble, when we're afraid, uh, we're experiencing something we don't understand. We start saying the Lord's Prayer, reciting the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. You see a lot of people do this even in, in, in uh, those scary paranormal situations. And while that's better than nothing, and it does offer some form of uh, protection because you're calling on, you know, a higher power. Uh, when, you know, I find the difference when you really kind of stand up and say, hey, you know, that's when it has a greater impact. And I, I feel this is the way we need to deal with the jinn. This is the way we need to deal with the shadow people. Um, I don't think begging and begging and pleading prayers are going to work. I don't think just a simple house cleansing is going to work. I don't think many times our rites and rituals are going to work because there's more faith in the rite and the ritual than uh, the one whose name and presence is behind the rite and ritual. Um, I think we need to take a different approach. Because the thing in paranormal 
is this, and this is another thing that kind of backs up my, uh, my theory, at least to me. No matter what anybody else thinks out there or believes, there are people in this world who are sensitives, who see spirits. Uh, there are little kids. You ever see the the uh, the show Psychic Kids on A and E? I love that show. It went for two or three seasons, and it's just about that little kids who are sensitive and they see spirits, and the spirits are coming to them for one reason or another. Sometimes they're kind of friendly, but sometimes not. Sometimes they're disgruntled, like we talked about during spirit box sessions. Kids are terrified. Who's the strange man looking in my window? Who's the strange woman in my room at night? You know, who's this, you know, whomever? <clears throat> and these sensitive children are taught. And this, this is, this is um, important in the paranormal field. And I, and, and I think spiritually we can take something from this. We're always taught to stand your ground. You control the situation, not the entity, not the spirit. You tell them when they can come speak to you and when they can't. You tell them if you want to speak to them at all. You know, if you have something in your house that's a disturbance, this is your house. It's kind of like the words of Jesus, you know, taking authority. You know, this is your house, not theirs. Take a stand. Don't take that stand in fear. Take it in faith. Take it in knowing who you are. You have rights. You know, uh, spirit beings just can't come in and do whatever they want. When you say no, and I hit the table and show the camera, no, <laughs> uh, they will honor that. And so when you stand up, you know, in the name of God, in the name of Christ and say no, uh, I think you're going to get a much more powerful response where they're, they're just going to back off, back up. And uh, that's, I think, a tremendous lesson that we can learn from paranormal research, paranormal training in the, the area of ESP, sensitives, psychics, uh, natural-born mediums, as they call some of them, you know, those who see, see, see uh, spirits. You know, this is the training they undergo, and it works for good spirits, works for the bad spirits, uh, you know. And I think that's an approach we have to take with these shadow people and the jinn as well. Uh, because they're, they're very, these beings, the shadow people, the jinn, who I believe are the same thing, they're very cocky, they're very arrogant, they're very sure of themselves, they're very puffed up, and you usually hear that a lot in these encounters, you know, where they're asking people, do you know who I am? You know, you're going to die. Very threatening, very, you know, do you know who I am? You know, uh, so I think little rituals and rites and house blessings and, oh, God, please save me, it might give some relief, but it's not going to get rid of them. These, these things, uh, they think they're the boss. Um, and they're not, we know who the boss is, you know, <laughs> and we, we work for the boss, uh, you know, who they're separated from because of, you know, uh, the path they've chosen, uh, somewhere along the line. Uh, so I think we, we have to realize that and start taking that approach. You know, uh, it's, it's kind of like 
knocking out the bully, you know, he's, he's a bully and takes your lunch money every day, you know, till you pop him in the nose, then suddenly he leaves you alone. You know, certainly in the paranormal, you never get arrogant with a spirit, calling names, swearing, taunting, you son of a bitch, yeah, you know, you see this kind of thing in paranormal shows, don't do it, don't do it. Don't swear at spirits, don't make stupid jokes, uh, don't taunt them because they're only going to piss them off and they're going to come at you 10,000 times worse because arrogance is their backyard. You, you play in the, the realm of arrogance and evil and ego and ha, you stupid, you know, no, you know, you're going to get knocked out because you're fighting them in their house. You have to go to the higher level. You have to go to the, uh, the God level, uh, as, as I call it. That's where you're going to win. That's where you're going to take some of their power away. That's where, you know, um, their arrogance kind of uh, fades away and fades into nothing. And in closing, I just want to say, and again, I think this backs up uh, my theories about this, is that you hear a lot of cases about shadow people being in people's rooms and you hear just that they're done crying and begging to God to save them, they'll actually turn and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, leave me now. You know, they're, they're mad. They've had enough of this terrorizing at night. It's like, you know, abuse, you know, just being terrorized for so long. And it's like some people get tired of it. And you hear those cases where they'll say, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, just get out of here now. And it stops. And most times it never comes back. Why? There weren't hours and days and weeks and months and years or a lifetime of rituals going on and on and on, never being able to get rid of these things. It just took that one minute, that one second. But what was the difference? Confidence, faith, and it was done. So that's what I put forth. Uh, maybe we're overthinking how we deal with these things and that hasn't served us so well. Um, I don't know anybody that's having a shadow man problem or a gin problem that I could help out with this. If any of you out there are having an issue with shadow people or, or something like that, maybe, uh, you know, mull this over, try it. Uh, leave a comment below or email me at nocturnal magic. That's all one word, nocturnal, like a nocturnal animal, nocturnal magic with a C at gmail.com. Uh, let me know. Let me know how you make out uh, by using that particular approach uh, rather than the old tried and true that sometimes it just doesn't work out so well. So that's our paranormal talk for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something from it. And I hope it uh, maybe helps somebody out there. So until next time, thank you for listening. God bless and have a great weekend or whatever day it is I put this out. Week. God bless everybody.